Hi there, and welcome to episode 21 of The Epic Pencil, a regular venue for original writing, conversations with writers, and more. I'm your host, Chris Watson. Thanks for joining me for the final episode of 2020, Home in Time for Christmas. Another year is coming to a close, and with it comes another Christmas for the men and women serving in the U.S. Armed Forces to be away from home, hearth, and families during the holidays. Likewise, as we come to the end of this pandemic year, we're all faced with being apart from loved ones during the holiday season. I'm also recording this on December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. Every year around this time, I find myself thinking of a favorite Christmas song, one that's filled with heartbreak and longing. It's a simple one that goes, I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have some snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. That's 1943's I'll Be Home for Christmas, music by Walter Kent and lyrics by Kim Gannon. I found myself thinking about this song along with soldiers and sailors recently. First, my wife and I are partway through an annual ritual that usually takes place during weekend-long snowstorms. We began re-watching Band of Brothers, the stunning HBO miniseries that follows Easy Company of the 101st Airborne from the D-Day landings in Normandy to the invasion of Germany. It's far and away the best miniseries I've ever seen, and quite possibly one of my favorite pieces of filmmaking ever. It never gets old, thanks to a talented cast led by Damian Lewis and Ron Livingston, and outstanding production values. But most of all, it's a tremendously compelling story about the lives and actions of young men from across the United States. You really come to care about them as they live and die and sacrifice themselves for each other. Watching Band of Brothers always reminds me of my grandfather, Franklin, who joined the Navy at the age of 17 in 1943, around the same time and age as many of the men in Easy Company. He explained to me once why he chose to join, saying, I was a volunteer. Just about everyone was. See, your friends were going in, and that was the clincher. Because I was still only 17, my parents had to sign off on my application. I wanted to go to sea desperately, and I wanted to be on the bridge. My father knew this. With my 18th birthday only a month or two away, he knew I was going to go in anyway. He didn't do anything to dissuade me, and he signed my enlistment papers. My grandfather served as quartermaster of the light cruiser USS Montpelier throughout the remainder of the Pacific War. The tale of the mighty Monty and its combat service are told in James Fahey's remarkable Pacific War Diary, a rare first-hand account of life aboard a cruiser in wartime. While the book was required reading of a sort in my family, I also grew up listening to my grandfather's story of life on a warship and his travels throughout the Pacific, including participation in the initial occupation of Japan. He didn't tell them often, but when he did, it was fascinating, and his stories have lingered with all of the members of our family. At Christmas time, though, I usually find myself not thinking of his time on the Montpelier, but instead of a letter that he saved from his time at sea. I discovered it among his files while conducting research for his biography, a project that my grandmother asked me to take on when his health and memory began to fail 
as the early stages of Alzheimer's cruelly began to take bits and pieces of him away from us. Written by my great-grandfather on December 27, 1943, the letter brings my grandfather up to date on life at home during the holidays and a Christmas spent without him. I wonder what that 18-year-old young man thought and felt, gone for the first time and half a world away, as he read about how his family left around 11 o'clock in the morning for Rockland to have dinner with families and friends like Lou and Willard and Flo and Andy, how they had turkey with all the fixings, followed by some wine that was so good and slid down so easy that my great-grandmother got dizzy, Lou got the giggles, and Andy had a talking fit. I think about how he must have felt reading that his father had received a nice new bathrobe, one pair of stockings, one tie, two cartons of cigarettes, and a pair of slippers, which I need very much. With Christmas 1943 gone past, did the crew dream of ending the war quickly and being home in time for the next Christmas? I regret never asking him that. In the movies and in history books, ending the conflict and returning home for Christmas always seems to be the wish of the men and women who serve. Sadly, it never seems to work out that way, regardless of the conflict. We're left hoping for loved ones' safe returns, wondering when we'll see them again, and staring at an empty stocking on the hearth or an empty seat at the holiday dinner. And this year, with almost 300,000 deaths due to COVID-19, there are many, many more empty seats and stockings than there should have been. So, with the holiday season upon us, I hope you will take a few minutes to give thanks for the loved ones who will be with you for the holidays, even if only in spirit. Reach out to a family with loved ones serving far from home and let them know that their sacrifice is appreciated and be there for those who have lost someone that they love over the course of the last year. And be sure to make your loved ones, even those who are no longer with you, part of the holidays, even if only in your dreams. Happy Holidays. The Epic Pencil will return for a second season in 2021. Thanks for sharing some time with me this year. Happiest of Holidays, a Happy New Year to all, and be sure to stay in touch by visiting pretendingtowrite.com. The Epic Pencil is copyright 2020 by Christopher Watson. <laughs>